This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel Prue. Now, Daniel, did you know that Admiral Pressman's actually joining us soon from the hood? Uh, Didn't you serve with him before? Yeah, but uh, we kind of have some some bad blood. Oh. Uh, some things. I, listen, some things went down, and I just grabbed a phaser and pointed at the first guy I saw. Oh wow! Happened to be Pressman. He he might be a little mad at me still, so I should avoid him. That sounds actually pretty dang serious. Okay, well, uh, I'm also joined by my co-host Philip Gilfus, who's just been down in Holodeck too, running uh, any interesting programs, Philip. I I have. Um... And I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I keep doing the petition. I send in a bunch of pads every <laughs> month to get that privacy uh, nook. But, but, but I, I, so the bad news is it still hasn't gotten there. Good news, holographic clothes. I, you know, I actually wasn't asking for that, but apparently there was money left in the budget and we had to spend it, you know, because it was the last week of the fiscal quarter. And so they said holographic clothes. Um, so now, I would think you would need the nook before the close because won't those disappear once you walk out the door? Well, I mean, I'm just saying. What do you mean, Darren? What, what kind of programs are you running? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, you, <laughs> I mean, I really hope that. Have you been you running Daniel's Riser program again? <laughs> no, I've been uh, running, and it's also about Skeletor, man. That is just. I'm on level five. It is great. It's so much fun. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So there is a program that combines. The Ryza program <laughs> and the Skeletor program. It's I called the Masters of the Universe. That. It's called Pleasure <laughs> and Pain. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, this has been taking us right, in a direction. <laughs> well, and we have a special guest here on Earl Grey. He loves his pan fried catfish. He loves rescuing the captain, but most of all, he loves traveling at Warp 5. It's Will Wynn. How are you doing, Will? I am great, and I didn't realize I'm actually a hologram this entire time, and I've been brought on by the Enterprise D crew to join you to talk about the best TNG episode of all time. <laughs> you know, that is, we will have our save your ranking till the end. Well, I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's not jump to conclusions. I mean, it was in HD before the whole rest of next gen got into HD. Save your rating for how many shoulder straps you give this episode. but today on earl gray we have another great crossover again with our sister show warp five and we're going to be talking about these are the voyages aka what some consider to be the last episode of enterprise and what some consider to be an epilogue slash the worst thing ever of enterprise but again we will hold off on our uh just uh, not a discussion, but our our final thoughts till the end. But yeah, we th- we want to bring Will on, and again, we we really love talking with other members of Trek FM about TNG and how it just loves to spread to all the other shows, and really because really it's all about us. I mean, let's if we want to be 
are narcissistic. <laughs> this is this is not helping. This episode is yeah, not you're helping right. at all. TNG really is in every series, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Kirk, you know, was in TNG. He just him. didn't know it. <laughs> That's true. We That's killed true. him. We killed yeah. him. Yeah. Scotty I mean, we had up. to make it memorable, you know. We annoyed him. And then Riker showed up in Voyager and Reg and Deanna. And Deep Space uh-huh. Nine. And then now in a so, a brief kind of overall summary of this episode, if you haven't seen it, running at around 40-some-odd minutes, which is strange for a quote-unquote series finale, at least for a Star Trek one, uh, Yeah, these are the voyages, is this strange love child of Enterprise and the Pegasus. It's it's And basically, it's set during the Pegasus episode, and Riker's wrestling with his decision to tell Picard about, you know, the Pegasus. And so uh, Counselor Troy's like, oh, hey, just go to the holodeck and watch this episode of, you know, Friends or whatever. It's just, <laughs> the it's one like, where Trip help dies. You. <laughs> yeah, the one where, tri- yeah. <laughs> where, you know, to, to help make you just... And that was someone thought was a good idea. So, um, yeah, it's... I can't believe I just said those sentences, but I did. And it was about a Star Trek episode, but... Uh, let's start off with, with you, Will. What's your overall impression on this episode? It's tough because I think over time, I've, I see what can be salvaged from this episode. And on the same time, I've also, I'm a big fan of the literary universe. So there's a way in the literary Trek universe where this is retconned. It's completely retconned. And it makes a lot of sense in that retcon. And, you know, as with most things in life, time heals all wounds. So I think... It's been 10 plus years since Enterprise went off the air, or actually 10 years, exactly. And absence makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) Exactly. And much like in 10 years on Enterprise, no one gets promoted. (laughs) I I never got promoted either. No, but I think I think I can see what can be salvaged from it. So I think I'm not as harsh on this episode than I used to be. With that said, it's still a very problematic episode, and it still really shows how clunky it is even now. So I just I just have a lot of mixed emotions about this, but they used to be very negative. Now they're just negative. That's why you suppress them. <laughs> Will, I got to ask you. I mean, you brought it up. In 10 years, what would you rather have? A promotion or a cool, cool new hairdo? <laughs> really, you have to pick. Well, and, I, thought, uh, I, I thought Travis was buzzing. Oh, you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I'll settle for a name tag. <laughs> so when I'm okay. horribly disfigured, uh, people will you know, recognize my body. <laughs> Yeah, you, well, I mean, obviously they were taking the show and ready to put it in the mothball fleet, but it uh, just, yeah, it, this quote unquote, what was it? Love letter to Star Trek fans. I don't know what they ended up calling it, but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Valentine. There we go. I knew there was some word. It was uh, that, my bloody Valentine. I mean, that's, to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Philip, when the beginning of this episode, the twist, I mean, it starts like a pretty, you know, normal episode except for things look a little different i mean we're not on the columbia but there's this giant ladder slash extra you know tv screens and then all of a sudden i'm like wait that's archer i know it's archer because it says his name right there on his shirt (laughs) and all these little differences and i'm like what what is going on and before you know it someone's on the bridge that shouldn't be on the bridge 
Um, well, I mean, I know you're not a fan of DePaul, well, Darren, but I thought she belongs. <laughs> oh, that is not what I am. Oh, okay. Um, well, it was. You know, I think what threw me off watching it today and watching it when it first aired <laughs> is like, you know, you know, it, you know, it's the series finale, um, and you get like, okay, well, they're they're throwing it a little bit in the future in order to kind of tell the tail end. I got it, but like ten years. That's an awfully long time, like and and also especially because because so little had changed. Uh, like for instance, because I almost had had told told myself, which we had just joked about. Like uh, obviously, someone got promoted. Like anyone, like anyone, like maybe Chef was now Chef First Class or something. But like <laughs> you know, like no, like and no ensigns are still ensigns. Lieutenants are still like I thought. Like Reed make Lieutenant Commander or one of the ensigns. So like Kim probably got promoted before Travis. <laughs> Or Hoshi. I mean, I just I just want to throw that out there. I think it would have been funny if they had made it seven years since they launched, just to kind of have a little little jab right there to say, look, we made it seven years. We just had to pretend <laughs> still we made counts. it to the end. Still counts, guys. <laughs> it still counts. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be – you know, I, I – I don't want to be an apologist for this episode because I Apology don't. Apology accepted, Daniel. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it's amazing, and I agree with everything you guys are saying. But there is one detail I think. You're right. People should have gotten promoted. There should have been more kind of uh, a better sense that time had passed. But one thing I do like is I think that the way that uh, to Paul is played is very, very, very different, and it feels like that there was a. That there was a lot of development of her character. Like she's very much more human. She's very she's emotional. Very much, she's very emotional. Like so that to me is interesting at least. And it was nice to be like, oh hey, they're 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 well she she was the only one that developed as a character, I guess, but at least someone did. At least there was something that happened, you know. We didn't even get to see Porthos, so who knows no, he, what he's he, up she to. Came but, up, no, uh, we saw him yeah, for a moment. Him. Yeah, everyone got. Yeah, yeah. He was a blank though. But yeah, remember yeah. because I mean, uh, Archer was saying everyone was going to get their favorite meal, and then Porthos showed up. He's like, "Don't worry, oh, yes. three yep. kinds I'm of sorry, cheese right. or something." Yep. This is the way I remember yes, it. I we remember see Porthos that. for one shot, and we also see the exterior of the Enterprise for one shot. That's how I remember how many times we see Porthos. But you guys uh, forget that Porthos had a really in-depth, high-definition re-render just for this episode. Oh wow! <laughs> I think that's where they spent most of their money was doing that. And also, can, can I? I don't want to be like grizzly. How old do beagles? I was just thinking that he'd probably be dead by now. Dogs? No, come on. Twenty-second century if medicine. People, okay, oh, they God. learned a lot. Yeah, Are you saying live, like flocks genetically yeah. engineered him? Like, is he like a fourth Borg or something? <laughs> he is the similitude version. Is that an episode in like season six? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Archer's, probably. Archer's prize beagle. Got to keep him around no matter what. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, no, well, exactly. Like, we learn in 2009, you know, maybe they had a Porthos stored in the pattern buffer just in case anything bad was to happen to him. Or is this, like, something like we're not being told, like, this is actually Porthos 3? Yeah, we're not. <laughs> 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 but, but Will, again, it's starting as a normal episode, and then all of a sudden, Will Riker shows up. You know, is your head exploding at this point? It is. It's because I think we mentioned at the start of the show is, you know, TNG really has 
been seen in in every iteration in every series you we see original series elements we see it obviously in deep space nine we see it in voyager we see an enterprise you see it tng weave itself through the entire star trek canon and obviously this was the one that kind of put the put it over the top and for me in many ways the, the thing that gets <laughs> pun intended pun intended i think i think for me that makes me so angry is that if they had to do this they could have done it without it being the series finale, without it taking away from Enterprise, and yeah. with them doing it in a way that wasn't shoehorning it into Pegasus in a way that made no sense. Like, how <laughs> much more sense would it have been if this was the Titan? This was Captain Riker. You know, we'll come up with a an actual separate story for this to work. Yeah, it'll be kind of fun. It'll be kind of silly. There's really no reason for them to do it. But if they're going to do this Valentine, at least make it in a way that makes sense. So for me, I like the fact that the holodeck can be used as a way to traverse different series, diverse different canon, uh, different timelines, but for it to be the Enterprise finale. And the finale for, for Trek on TV thus far since 87 right it, yeah. it feels it feels so clutched together it feels so it was you know they're just like yeah enterprise is going to be an afterthought to something the fans really wanted to see and it was going to be something else and it, it i felt that it was definitely less than the sum of its parts well if, well I, I did read that one of the thoughts they had with it being the finale is that at the time when they were in production for it or, or at least writing it, like it wasn't a hundred percent sure if, you know, if the series was going to end after four seasons. So it, their thought was, Oh, well it could always be, I mean, it takes place 10 years in the future. So technically if season five starts, I mean, now it's just the next day and th- those events don't happen for 10 more y- years. So it's, it doesn't exactly cut off. But yeah. it's, it's just so poorly chopped together in that regard. Yeah, I read the same thing. And in my mind, it always struck me as being too clever by half. They were trying to really weave, you know, try to, they're boxing themselves in, but trying to convince themselves that they're not boxing themselves in. And I think you can see it on screen. It's, it, there are elements there which work. I think, I wish we could have seen an actual chef um, during the series, <laughs> right? We kind of see glimpses of it, but. The role I think that, that was chef, the point that we never see chef. No, we just see his feet, right? And and there are points where chef is referenced, but seeing you know Jonathan Frakes playing Riker playing chef, right? <laughs> it's almost like a a, facim, a facsimile of what we want the actual character to be, or what we think the actual character would be. I think it would have been really interesting to see in Enterprise an actual chef because he plays that Guinan role. He plays that every man or every person role and acts as a counselor aboard the ship before there was a counselor. And it, there's an interesting dynamic there, but it's done in such a weird way that you just don't buy it. You know, I, I, I agree with you for for the most part. I actually do think this would have made a really awesome season four finale. Um, if it was, you know, maybe tweaked a little bit and, and kind of fixed. I actually do think that a lot of people's resentment towards this episode is the fact that it's the finale. And I respect and understand that frustration. Um, but absent that, um, I think there is a really cool, interesting concept here that we can explore the 24th century through the 22nd century. And, you know... We had an entire two-part episode. You guys have talked about this before. We had the uh, you know the Mirror Universe episode, 
And oh yeah, and they were doing crazy stuff like that in season four. They could this could have been something like that where they broke it up and and explored those kinds of things and concepts, and nobody would have batted in an eye. And I think actually it would have been maybe not as widely revered as that episode, but but people would have liked it. It would have been fun. It would have been interesting, and and it didn't wouldn't have taken anything from the series as a whole. Uh, also, I, I just want to I, I just want to say that. Because we hadn't seen Chef, if Chef was a consistent character in Enterprise the whole way through, that's fine. But I really like what they did, that we never saw him, and then now he's, and Riker is playing that role, and I really kind of, those are kind of the best scenes for me in this episode, is that montage of him talking to everybody. And I really, really think that... With clever editing. (laughs) (laughs) So now, like, I actually, I think... Of Chef as Riker. I mean, I know that's ridiculous and absurd, but you know, Riker does say he plans to live forever, so it's possible that he was on the NX01. So you know. you're saying when we do the um, the 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 TNG characters, like not only is it blue, <laughs> yellow, and red, we should do Riker in white. Is that the, <laughs> yeah, exactly, the exactly Riker in white? Riker Tui. Having this be a a holodeck episode in TNG lends two things. One. In one of two ways. One, it can be like um, that. Uh, like the fact that it reminds me of the Voyager episode of of when um, the Doctor, the the Doctor copy exists so many years in the future, and there's that hollow yep. deck mm-hmm. program. Oh yeah, of the mm-hmm. the it's it's the definition of a bottle show. Like it literally has no impact on well, the rest of the but Voyager I'm crew at all. That the point of of that Voyager episode was like these these are all lies. Like you guys yep. have this all wrong, and so like two hundred years later. How do we know this is, is in any way correct? That this is what really what happened. Well, isn't that will what the novels play on for the whole like retconning it into into that's not right. Being, so yeah. Um, so Norman was actually supposed to be on this show, but unfortunately, he's busy overseeing the refit of the NX01 that we never see in this episode. Actually, so <laughs> he couldn't actually be uh, on tonight. But he actually uh, had some thoughts that uh, he wanted me to bring up. Actually, so one of the pro- thoughts were, how is this hologram? holodeck program so detailed right how is it how's it built so well did they have really really good like logs like it's it's like you're looking into their minds and i'm like what it doesn't make any sense so the books actually flip it on its flip it on its side saying that in actuality those details are actually incorrect so the fact that we think of it as being very detailed they'll say it's not detailed. So the inconsistencies that the fans almost instantly focused on, the fact that there's no promotion, there's no reference to the Romulan War, there's um, you know, where the Makos, everything seems so sudden and rushed. All those inconsistencies. Riker was a Mako. Right. But I mean, yeah. when I say the Makos, when the, when the, when the, the pirates suddenly are suddenly <laughs> on board the ship and there's no one there to oppose oh, there's, them. There's right? literally no one else on the there's ship. No one else. How did the pirates get there, wizard? On a sub-warp 2 ship that somehow just magically get you know on there all of a sudden remind right? me to tell shran that that plot point doesn't line up <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so the books basically say that all those inconsistencies the fans saw in real life are actually the result of them covering it up the reason why it's because the true story wasn't told the, the holla deck recreation that Riker was in was actually a cover story for the real story. And I don't want to ruin the books because the books are actually really worth reading, but the real story is told in the books of what happened. And spoiler alert, I think I'll just say this, Trip does live. He doesn't actually die. Hashtag Trip lives. Hashtag Trip lives. What, what are the name of that series of books, Will? 
Um, so it starts off in last full measure is when it's revealed that the events of these are the voyages are actually not quite the full story. And then what happens what the real story of what happens begins in the good that men do. So that kind of kicks off um, like the enterprise relaunch and it goes into the Romulan war, goes into the rise of the Federation. And um, it's really good. I think everyone should definitely check it out. You know, one of the th- – and I don't know whether we want to talk TNG or talk Enterprise because this is the, the the choice the episode makes you ask. But just for quick a quick uh, Enterprise talk, um, Daniel, you were talking about T'Pol. To me, and maybe it's because you're watching Enterprise right now and I'm not, like she acted really weird to me. Like for one thing, it was the most I've ever heard her speak ever in an episode um, <laughs> in like one sitting, um, which I mean, you know, is a good thing. But I'm like, man, she's never talked this much before. And also this whole like the um, – I don't know what you, what you call it over at, at Warp 5, but the to trip. I don't know. I don't know what you all call that. Um, I don't think we've come up with a poor man's Paul for uh, right, yeah. <laughs> trip to Paul yet. Yeah. But oh. I think that's the next episode we're going to do. Okay, thanks, well, Philip. Well, to trip, I was like, I don't know why they're like, <laughs> yep, trip. you know, Terror Prime. They totally broke up after that. I'm like, but they were like the closest. They, they were bonding, a, a right? Ch- they were bonding, yeah. right? Because of Elizabeth. I know. It, and it's just it like really yeah. that whole plot me. point of like, um, I mean, it was sweet and cute and something to talk about. But that like whole like, do you miss me? And do I miss you? And like, it just seems so weird. Of course, again, when you're competing with Triker, it seems normal. <laughs> it seems very normal. <laughs> um, of, you know, Riker's like, you're the empath. You tell me. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, they're married. Totally. Um, <laughs> But it, you'll ne- you will well, never understand that relationship, Philip. You will just never understand. <laughs> Not it. if you put me ten years in the future. <laughs> but Wait, well, let's talk about the uh, the a plot here. So we got the, which I'm giving to Enterprise. It is an Enterprise episode. That is Thanks, the guys. a plot. We're still I mean, here. <laughs> it's. I mean, they're not off the air yet. It's okay. We got more movies coming. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, we get Shran, which is is great. Although I had seen a lot of DS Nine since before just rewatching this episode, so I hear a lot of Wayun. Oh, absolutely! In him now, I'm like, wow, this is very much more. I mean, I I felt normally he's able to really differentiate his voices. I just, but I just heard a lot of Wayun in the way he did Shran. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, besides the whole ten years in the future, the basic plot, you know. You know, you owe me. Oh, they kidnapped my girl. Oh, we have this awesome case with a cool little amethyst and you know, the zipper face aliens. And, you know, just what what did you guys think of the, the A plot in general? Like besides, you know, the B plot, like if, if we just if you fast forwarded through those parts and we just looked at the Enterprise portion. Well, like and for, for for Will and when I was watching this time, I'm like, why did they invent a new alien? Why not just make them Orion? Like why not just have an alien you've used? Yeah, so that was my that was my thoughts too. It was exactly who are these aliens? You know, if you're talking about a CD underworld, the Orions would fit perfectly because Enterprise was instrumental in reintroducing the Orions. It would have totally made sense. I think it was something that, again, this goes back to the episode just being such a lean forty five minutes. And I know I think they just just wanted some random alien of the week that kind of looked like a Nausicaan, but not really. It just it was just I think they didn't really think it through. They're just like, here's some alien pirates. And Dorian, you talk <laughs> and you talk. Exactly. Archer play Dom Dot. But what you mentioned, Darren, is actually important because if you just take a look at it 
as the plot point itself, it could be a really great episode. The fact that Shran got involved in the underworld and that his daughter, Jamel, which is really great, the fact that they had a daughter um, with Telus, I think it's really cool. Or, or not, not, not Telus, um, the blanking our name, in yeah, the, the Enar. Yeah, Enar, yeah. The telepath. Um, I think that's really cool. That could have been its own episode. And it would have been really intriguing to see that. So there are elements there that are definitely worth exploring. But because it's part of this episode, it just was just kind of crammed in uh, in terms of exposition. And you're supposed to buy it. You know, yeah. And I mean, they, the Enterprise does a very little communicating with Starfleet about what's going on, considering it's like days before the signing of this, you know, not Federation, but coalition charter. This is an off the know. books mission, Darren. <laughs> Well, and, you know, yeah, and I and that's what I was thinking the whole time too. When it was like, "What's Archer? What, what do you think the captain's going to do? Is he going to bring this ship full of you know eighty people across the galaxy for this mission?" I'm like, "Wait a minute! I don't think he has the authority to just do that. I don't think he can just <laughs> go and do what he wants. I'm pretty sure he would have to clear that with somebody." It, it's been ten years <laughs> since you saved the galaxy, Archer. What have you done lately? <laughs> All right, <laughs> but th- you know it's. And and that's so perfect, Will, when you were talking about, you know, that plot, the Shran, I mean, don't get me wrong, Shran should have been involved in this episode no matter what. No, but pro-Andorian. The, the, but the <laughs> Shran kidnapped family member plot is, like, only shoved in here so that it's like everything was pushed in without thought for what else was happening, so it was like... Oh, we have to somehow have a theme that kind of runs concurrently with the Pegasus theme, but even though that those two themes are kind of incompatible, we'll just push it all in. Like this is the founding of the Federation or what will become the Federation. That's not dramatic enough. That's not that's there's not enough meat there for you to chew on that we could see and watch and enjoy. What we all if we're like there should have been the Borg in here, why not? Well, <laughs> <laughs> if we're like three there. days away from the signing, we're like three days away from Earth. Aren't we kind of in Vulcan slash Andorian slash Tellarite space? <laughs> no. Like, why is it not safer here right now? <laughs> well, it, oh, because we haven't signed on the dotted line yet, and then the borders magically become safe area. Yeah. Well, we had not yet established the Mars defense perimeter. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so it's Those like just one probes. guy. In like a spacesuit right now. Well, 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 no. Remember, I mean, uh, the original Mars defense perimeter we just saw like an episode ago, and it was very dangerous. So that's why they're like, you know, let's just scale it back to like three tiny ships. Um, but like I, when I was watching it this time, I think that struck me um, was like, oh, they're just making this a random action episode. Like we're like the like phaser fight. Like that's a I don't know how long it really lasts, but it feels like like that's five minutes of this forty seven minute episode. We're just gonna I'm like really That's not how phase pistols sound like <laughs> oh. Philip, I'm just saying. There you go. <laughs> They're practically phasers at this point. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it was the cool effects because I, I think one thing of Enterprise they do have a definite look to the faces. So I, so that is cool. It's very pinpoint. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I was just like, do we need random act? I mean, I, it's almost like, and I don't know where this comes from with me. It's almost like if you were making like a D and D campaign, like we're just going to have some action in here, just randomly throw so you can use your combat abilities. All right, we're good. It's just the thing, and and and. Even if, like, I think we'll all agree, like, 
It's the fact that it's trying to be two episodes. That is that is the fundamental flaw of this episode. But I actually think they could pull it off a lot more successfully if they were given two hours like all of the other series were. If we got like this Troy Riker situation, like bookending the commercials, and then all of the rest of the... I know that would still be frustrating. I get that. I understand that. But I'm just saying it would be more... It would make more sense and it would fit better. They would have time to explore the themes. And it would be like... You know, it would be just like a, what did you learn? Kind of a moment. You know, oh, what did we just see, Riker? Well, now I know I can trust my captain. You know, like, it would work better, I think. <laughs> well, and Will, yeah. what'd you think of, like, the Mako still being there? Because I figure, like, that's a very Enterprise question 10 years later, which I know it's been a while. I know they kind of maybe talked about that in fourth season because they kept him around, obviously, after the Zendi. But I'm like, that's... Because then you really have to... Re- at least I do really have to think about, it. okay, their Mako's still there, so they've made that decision. So when we go into TOS, like, how does that evolve and yeah i i'm i am a hundred percent sure that the the writers didn't even think of your question uh (laughs) (laughs) but i think you that's a really good point because we don't know because the way they set this up it was the the coalition right it wasn't it was the alliance to to go into the federation was it the federation yet i think even in this episode it's not quite clear because it's coming right off the heels of terra prime demons which was just the coalition now there's the federation you're like so is this the federation we know but there's still the makos there's still earth starfleet that there's still the united earth probe agents there's all these different things floating around it hasn't integrated itself yet right and at some point, they're all going to adopt Starfleet um, uniforms and ships, right? So at some point, they're just going to adopt all Earth stuff. So there's a lot. Like, guys, guys our acronyms have gotten out of control. Let's just just all become Starfleet and just we'll make a new right? patch. Exactly. It's going to be great. Not just like how many like the stores like like every four years would be like, all right, so we're the coalition. All right, uh, now we're going to create the union. All right, now oh, we're no, creating no, the confederation. No, no. you, you, um, exactly. you have this all wrong. This is the mark of a true marketing genius some somebody who only has brand synergy on the brain guys we have to all be the same we have to hit one message and we can hit it hard and fast and you know what our entire fleet should only be made up of federation i mean earth ships because why would we want you know the pride you know and of the andorian fleet the tested ship design no saucers everywhere saucers are in this year (laughs) <laughs> saucer, in this saucer is the new black. <laughs> exactly. So that's the thing is as it's supposed to be 10 years in the future and yet not much has changed at all. And I think for me it stands out that there's no mention of the Romulan War. There's no mention of the defining act which brings together the Federation. It's supposed to – we as the audience are supposed to assume that this is like a fait accompli. Like it's – oh, they're going to – they're all going to sign and it's all going to be great. And – what fans have been wanting from Enterprise is that step, seeing that step from from Enterprise to the rest of Star Trek. You know, it's a long way again from there to here, right? But we don't see that, right? At the very Got end. a long way to go. Exactly. But a they're, short time to get. They're just cramming it all in at the very end. And I'm glad that we got to see what we ought to see. But especially with that 10-year time jump, you're kind of like, wow, we just literally skipped everything we wanted to see. And it was done in such a unsatisfactory way and and to go back to daniel's point i think it could have worked if it 
wasn't shoehorned into Pegasus. If this was Titan, if this was an older Riker, you could believe that. Yeah, oh, it was an older Riker. Troy, right? Exactly. <laughs> Troy looks different. You know, you know, you don't have to kind of make sure you weave in all these really unnecessary TNG com- um, references. Because I remember in the episode, it was jarring. Like this, and you know, they mentioned. You know, here's the next generation, all good things. Oh. They mentioned Barkley. It was just <laughs> it like, was, oh, yeah. hey, guys, remember dropping. this? Wink, 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 Someone wink, wink all the time. And it was just constant. <laughs> and it was It was, was eye-rolling. It really was. It was like every time I'm like, to the next generation. I'm like, like, guys, oh, yeah, sure. guys, I'm a TNG fan. I don't want to hear that. I don't, I don't even want to hear that. I mean, on, like, if they on, said you. to the journey, that would have been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, let's talk about the uh, B plot, the Pegasus. And Pegasus? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Pegasus? Pegasus? No, it's not. <laughs> But I was surprised, again, I've, I haven't watched this episode in a long time, how much of the inside of the 1701D we see. Like, there was a lot of corridors and, you know, the holodeck and, you know, I mean, obviously Troy's quarters, like, the camera never moved and she was kind of sitting in one spot. But it was an impressive amount uh, considering this was in 05 and Next Gen went off the air in... 94. 94. I mean, that's 10 years so that's where the ten years came from. Yeah. Well, I I have to say one. I mean, I don't I don't like hate this episode, but I think one thing that I is the top of my list for loving this episode, watching it this time especially because I don't have a you know Blu-ray experience in my own life. But like watch, I was watching on Netflix. But like the shots of the D, oh my god, they're the most beautiful things I have ever seen. And I guess it's because. Um, was it even in 94 they were still using models? But, like, because obviously this is all oh, yeah. computer generated. Mm-hmm. Right, this is all and CG, so they could yeah. do shots probably that they weren't comfortable doing or able to do. But, like, oh, my God. He's They're the, in the, the asteroid field, and oh, it looks just – I mean, every, it doesn't look fuzzy. Yeah, for every the, every <laughs> shot of the exterior of the Enterprise-D is just gorgeous in this in this episode, just for that. When we do get lots of exterior shots of the 1701 <laughs> so The only computer – well, actually, um, before I start that, Darren, just to your point, the, the, those shots uh, that we see of the D are um, – they're actually – they have both Enterprises in them. You just can't see the NX-01. <laughs> it's, it's just behind it. No, I know no, I'm kidding. It's in the shuttle bay. I'm it's in the main shuttle bay. <laughs> is, it right, is it behind or in front of the Defiant? Yeah, exactly. No, I even think the Defiant could probably fit inside the NX-01. So, <laughs> no. well, I was reading on on Memory Alpha that you know that um, that a lot they actually made again for scratch. You know, the holodeck uh, for the, the insert portion of the ten forward lounge, the senior officers' quarters. You know, the corridor uh, and the observation lounge. I think was restored from. Uh, something they used in first contact and nemesis and then for the establishing plate of the um of 10 forward was from the menage a troy episode but but <laughs> still like shows. a lot of it's, it's like watching <laughs> like did, yeah, tos with like kirk fighting khan and then going to the stunt doubles because like you have this opening establishing shot of 10 forward i'm like oh my god did they really create t-? and then they <laughs> shoot to Riker and troy like nope nope <laughs> <laughs> they they found a table in storage and they put it there. Yep. And like, it was so it. glaring with the observation lounge because the golden ships aren't there. Yes. All the ships Enterprise yeah. aren't there and it stood out like such a sore thumb in high def. I could see that it was clearly not the same observation yeah. lounge. They were out being so uh, clean because someone had broke them. That was uh... – <laughs> <laughs> He but, broke uh, them before yeah, so... he broke them on the new ship. <laughs> but what we did get you know, was you – know, 
pretty good. And it was impressive like, for what they were doing. Especially since a lot of it is scratch built, and and I'm like, wow, that's that's a lot of a lot to do, you and know, for I, for a finale. If I remember correctly, and I may be remembering incorrectly, I I, I assume on a panel of four very, you know, trucky nerds, we should be able to. <laughs> Knowledgeable individuals, I was yes, going to say. Was the, collectively, the second choice name for Trek.fm. <laughs> collectively put our heads together here. In the first Trekkies film, we, we spend a lot of our time with a young guy who I'm pretty sure was build. He, he built a lot of 3D modeling. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the, the exterior shots we get of the Enterprise are from that guy. Yeah, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Actually, you know him. Okay, great. That's perfect. <laughs> he actually yeah. did do that. That was yeah. his enterprise. Oh, um, wow. I think and this that, was. I, I'm not sure if this was the genesis of of the HD movie. Genesis. Genesis. We have to. Right? We have to do that. But I think th- this is the first time that, you know the Enterprise. I think it was rendered rendered in computer uh, CGI in generations. But this is the first time it was right. restored completely digital. And it looked wonderful. And I think mm-hmm. this was right before yeah. TOS was restored in high def and remastered. I think this was the first time people understood, wow, the TNG sets could look magnificent uh, if they were redone, if the attention was 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 um, put on them. And I think it's striking, right? You know, I watch TNG in high def on Amazon Prime now, and I refuse to watch it on Netflix now because the difference is... Is exponential. Oh, it looks, it looks so good. And um, but yeah, that guy did do um, the Trekkies one, which I think is really neat. The fact that he was in a movie documentary about him being a super fan, and then him, ironically enough, working on the last series finale of all yeah, time, work on it, um, working on his ship. So no. now in the in the B plot, what did you guys think of? You know, just the whole like. You know, Diana and Riker are walking around like all nostalgic, like, oh, what's, you know, how could he have a, you know, a ready room without a fish tank? And oh my gosh, this is the size of the brig, you know, and this, yeah. no, what, no, what this establishes is that Livingston is an ever <laughs> living part of Section 31. He's, he is, is he a reincarnation of Porthos. Exactly. Maybe, maybe that's true. Wait, are you saying Porthos like, was Section 31? <laughs> it's like Nibbler from Futurama. You think it's just like a harmless pet, but it's actually super intelligent. And like his shadow same was actually there in the pilot all along. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. I will, okay. So I will uh, – I'll uh, start by addressing this only because I watched Pegasus right after I watched uh, These Are the Voyages tonight. And I wanted to try to make it fit. I really did. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's see how we can make Do this. Do you think the writers watched Pegasus before <laughs> they wrote this episode? I'm just, I'm just wondering. So it's so funny because there is literally a scene. <laughs> this is the climax of the, of the episode when Riker is, is challenge. You know, <laughs> Riker and Pressman are in the engine room of the Pegasus and press and Riker says, no, I have time has been my ally. I have given as much time as I have been allowed, but right now I have to make this decision. And then in the episode, these are the voyages. Riker's like, now I've made my decision. I will go do this thing. <laughs> and it's like you are literally directly contradicting, like in no uncertain terms. It's completely clear that you're saying the opposite of what actually happens in the episode. So, Darren, your point is so true. Like I don't really know that the episode. That they must have had like a fuzzy memory of asteroids, and like you know, Riker. Well, it wasn't in HD, so it was very fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like because I remember there should have been. 
I mean, if you're really going to do this, because, yeah, I, I didn't watch it this time, but I have watched it before and kind of like... Oh, we're Trek FM. We're going to do yeah, this. Yeah, Because, <laughs> like, the, if you have to do the breaks where you do it, and these are the voyages, so you have to make those breaks and decisions during Pegasus, which you cannot do. They do not happen. No. And especially... There's not enough time. There's literally not enough there's time. There's 47 minutes. It blows um, my mind. And then also, like, because Picard smacks down Riker um, halfway through Pegasus... Um, yeah, about. yeah, and he says like, "Look, you're you're not telling me something," and then like, "Fine," and like that should have been referenced. And these are the voyages, like, "Yeah, Captain Picard just told me to go to hell, basically." Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what they should have done when they were blocking out the story is like have literally a timeline of Pegasus and be like, "These are the chunks that we're going to interject," you know, our story in. It's like that, you would think that would be a basic idea, but maybe that was too much. <laughs> You know, that's three stories going concurrently. Well, <laughs> the original Pegasus, our Pegasus, and Enterprise. And, and one thing I was thinking about, because I always think too hard about these things. So when, you know, if you really want to nail down that this is about Riker, because apparently it's a episode, that if this episode is about Riker making that decision, and there's also a point in this episode that Trip is the central part of the crew. I mean, that's sort of the point that... You know, everything comes to Trip dying, and so you even have that scene afterwards making a decision. Yeah, but and you even have that scene afterwards with Riker talking to Trip after he's died. So like that's yeah, that was weird. Yeah, so like yeah, exactly. It made you, it made you wonder like, wait, did he actually die? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but, but like, so like, there's a central point, and so like, is it trying to say that Riker is Trip? Like, is Trip the Riker of Enterprise? Yeah, that, and that's why it makes no sense. But I I have to ask, do you guys not like that post? posthumous uh you know uh death scene i love that i actually think that's probably the best scene in the entire episode it would if it was in any other context <laughs> and it had actual stakes because all of a sudden i'm taking it out of context i still i just in that scene to me is is a great scene it's a great it doesn't I know, I know it doesn't make sense how it happens but the scene itself is like like, like you can take the the Hulk smashing Loki scene from the original Avengers. It doesn't matter what the context is. That's a great scene, and that's what yeah. this like this moment. I think Conor Turner is a terrific actor, and I think the way they filmed it. I mean, the way he act, the way he acted, and the way he, you know he interacted with Scott Bakula as Archer. You could see the bond that they've developed over the the four years. I think you definitely see that, and it was also propelling forward the point that. Archer is indispensable, that he had to do this because Archer, everything was was depending upon him signing and being there for the Federation to form, right? So everything was kind of building towards that. And to the extent that – I think you're right. I think there's a fair point to be made there, Daniel, that you know, using the narrowest lens possible, that scene was well acted. I think Connor Trenier – and that scene has been done before where your Connor Trenier has died, quote-unquote, in similitude and he – He's such a really versatile actor in toggling between the spectrum of emotions being very jocular but also being very serious and everything in between. So I think that's just a really good scene, but at the same time, you just like it was so out of the blue, right? But you kind of all but you also had this weird foreboding that of course something like this had to happen because it was the series finale. Something had to happen. Well, like that, and that's a, a weird. Th- and I know this has probably been talked about before, especially on Warp Five. I, I know many times, but like, 
you know, it, it just there's a lot of force, and it happens in Star Trek, like generations, like oh, we got to kill Kirk and blow up the D. Like, do we? And so, like, in in you know, in, in Warp <laughs> or Enterprise, here, it's like we got to kill Trip. Like, do we? Like, is exactly. really? I, is, yep. wh- wh- I mean, wh- the only the only finale that had an actual to do had to do was Voyager. Was Voyager? <laughs> they they got to get home well, and from actually, the last think, episode at least. I think you could make the argument that. Voyager's ending would have been much, much better if they didn't get home. It could be like, I, I mean, I, it could be like I subscribe the, to the quantum theory. leap of endings. Ex- Dr. Yeah. Sam Beckett never returned home. They're back, but the Golden Gate Ridge is blue. No! <laughs> but, um, uh, well, alright, so, but yeah, so it, it, Pegasus aside, you know, it's, you know, it's about making this choice, and, and I mean, the, it's it's fun. I mean, as a TNG fan, like I I do enjoy like the little, not the not the lines as much like the where they're putting in all the TNG lines, but more you know more so like I can picture in it like like Will said in a different context you know Will and Deanna like on a holographic ship and like oh nostalgic like that's you know that sounds like something the 24th century would do you know that and then at the end you know he's making his choice you have data's little voiceover oh, that was cool you know which is like, was like you we know, can't I, look at data but i'm so glad that i was gonna bring this up because i'm like i was so convinced i had heard these lines before i looked it up and i'm like is this something that i and this is why i really do think that like interactive media like whatever it is like if it's a game or something would be the best place for a reunion. Like, th- like that's how you can live in that universe forever. Because it, you know, all of these guys are old. Like, we know we've seen the. Tenure- oh, just do their voices. Yes, we've seen Don't the tenure difference. The we, we, yeah, exactly. Except we've seen- Patrick Stewart. You know, he well, he'll, he'll live forever for sure. But we've seen that. You know, we've seen the tenure difference between Riker and Riker, and we knew immediately. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Something's off. But I couldn't tell that this was recorded ten years later or whatever it was. It was with, with Brent. Yeah. With Brent, and I, I looked it up, and I'm like, I really want to find out if Brent actually like called it in and, and made that line. And he <laughs> did. Were, literally yeah, phoned in this he performance. Did. He did. He phoned in his. <laughs> this hey guys, I don't want to put the makeup on. To do it too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he <laughs> can, was. Can you? Can you just? I don't want to be in the makeup anymore. Could you just literally just have me on the calm? And I'll I'll make a funny joke of that, but not understanding a human, you know, colloquialism. <laughs> but yeah, I will say, I will say. I've added a little bit of head cannon to this episode because in the opening, the cold opening, when we it's f- it's first revealed that we are now on a, a holodeck, um, we have an unknown person's voice saying, "All senior officers report to the bridge." And the only person yeah. that I can put in that role is Commander <laughs> McDuff. <laughs> it's Tony <totally> McDuff. <laughs> It is. I remember that too. I'm like that. That's, that does not sound like any of the Enterprise crew. So that, I- that actually uh, raises a question I want to ask: Is if we were to redo these other voyages within the the, the TNG time frame of the seven seasons, huh. is there another episode that Time's they could have used as the bookends that would have acted that would have been a better uh, instrument for kind of telling the story? Mm. A Q a Q episode. Which I which one, Daniel? Q- he thought he'd get away yeah yeah Yeah, that would be if you if you if you remove the uh the 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 holodeck ish from this so it's not like here's a direct parallel you know but if and you put q into it of course q's magic so whatever q does works but I really feel like if it was Q that was trying to show, and he, I don't know, he does like Riker, kind of, I guess, 
He but, has whisked him away to other ships <laughs> on his whim. You know, um, he has a president. <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe somebody else has a better idea, but that's the first thing that pops into my head. That's what I would think of as a, as a Riker episode or a Q episode. I just love the idea that Q takes Riker to every Star Trek series. It's like, <laughs> 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 right? Exactly. <laughs> it's the Q and Riker buddy show. <laughs> It would be another form of quantum leap. It'd be quantum leap <laughs> 2.0, right? It would except with a really big Q. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of an episode for it to work. And <laughs> isn't that the argument? None of them. I'm really work. hard pressed. I'm really hard pressed to find one. Because um, do you want? Do you want the TNG well, story to take over? Because if you, I mean, you could exactly. argue like, like a really good decision episode, but then it's a really heavy TNG episode. Or do you want like a crappy TNG episode? Like, hey, maybe Times Squared would work out with this. You know, you can really help that one out. <laughs> there was time to kill well, in that at one. The end, you can you can have that forty minutes. <laughs> so like if like like if T'Pol came and had to fight uh, uh, Lutan, Lutan's wife, <laughs> like then maybe oh, this is oh, the episode. Denise Crosby has another oh, game. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you picked. You picked of all the episodes. <laughs> the one we can't actually talk about anymore. Oh, well, man. I think the but the hardest thing to to decide on on what episode to pick is because again the core plot thought of this whole mesh thing is someone's got to make a decision so what do they do they go to the holodeck to work out their thoughts like that's the core of the whole you know b plot you know Riker side so i'm trying to think what other i got it guys and this is this is for daniel you know who really wrestled with a tough decision about you know having to whether they were even going to stay in Starfleet and and maybe engage in some sort of insurrection, I think you could have oh, had Captain Picard during Star Trek Insurrection struggling with the decision and making this the movie so of it's like a the finale movie. to the Enterprise or Ensign Rowe. Ensign yeah, Rowe you're just doesn't keep know things that I like. just okay. whether or not she wants to, the to stay in Starfleet. Well, yeah, exactly. I actually was just watching Ensign Rowe today, actually. Remember in that scene where she's sitting Good in man. her room by herself, then Guinan Good comes man. in? Oh. That could have literally been the entire episode. She's Rowan just Guinan. watching a screen, a historical reenactment of the Annex of One. Right? Guinan's but, like, I have a holodeck episode for you. I only show it to my good friends. No, but, but actually, as a serious <laughs> suggestion, kind of to, to combine what I said before, honestly... And I know, I mean, it, uh, boy, if you got uh, if you got Patrick Stewart to do this episode, it would have only taken more spotlight from the from the Enterprise crew. But if you you could frame this in an all good things way, like if you wanted to put it in that episode and be like, this is an important, you you know what, you could have put the the Enterprise, the NX01 Enterprise at um, guys, help me out. Oh, what is the system? The Narendra. The Devron uh, system. Devron system, thank you. <laughs> We've got to go to the Devron <laughs> system. Devron system. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Picard. There's an was... enterprise there in the past. It doesn't look like ours. <laughs> it, I mean, to be fair, it was supposed to. Be, the line as written is there are three enterprises, and there weren't because one of them was the Pasteur. The Pasteur. So if we could have made the other enterprise. Oh, gosh. The OG enterprise. Why not? <laughs> yeah. They did so, wait, wait, wait. All so, good so it's, in this so it's episode. not enough 
that it's a TNG episode. It has to be the finale. Two finales. Of TNG. In 45 two minutes. Finales. Two finales <laughs> for, in one. This and sounds like. going to suck because of it. Daniel's falling into the ultimate Hollywood producer trap. Like, you know what is our biggest hit? Let's do it again. Money grab. TNG. And then the last shot will be. <laughs> playing poker because you know everyone loves and like Picard's playing poker in the NX01 he's saying you know what I should have done this a long time ago <laughs> I think the thing that gets me is all the things you want to see you didn't see because at the very end right Art, I mean, you, he sees they're actually at the signing. You see the the Larry for the first and only time the Enterprise dress uniforms, and he's about to give the speech that everyone's been talking about, and we don't see the speech. Right? It's one of those things where that's what I wanted to see was the actual signing. Right? What is his speech that's going to unite these planets together? And you it's never be see great it. fade away <laughs> to the net. <laughs> no, give the camera back. Well, I also love how their dress uniform is apparently a dress jumpsuit. Um, not very dressy, <laughs> having worn formal military clothes before. It's just like, it's a jumpsuit, but you wear a shirt under it. It's like, isn't that just uncomfortable? It's a, it's a white turtleneck, kind of. <sighs> it has buttons, yeah. so it looks fancy. So and a good. tie of... He was popping that collar. It was it was great. Well, what do we think about, in, as we wrap up, you know, the, the very end? You know, again, you know, aside from not really seeing the speech and all of that, but what do you guys think of literally the last shot as as you know which some say are is one of the high notes of of the episode but you know this where you have uh picard start to say you know the uh, these are the voyages of the starship enterprise you have the enterprise d you know flying away from the awesome asteroid uh asteroid is you know, that just looks and then it goes to kirk because like apparently we went back in time for some reason because kirk's got to be in it oh and then you have you know the it's like a shorter version because it feels like it's really short but then you know it ends with with jonathan archer saying the last line and then we warp off into a nebula because we never see nebulas as we fly around in black space uh but you know we'll start us off with you know what do you guys think what do you think of that as an ending to to enterprise or star trek i mean i know it's an ending to star trek but i mean like you know, you yes, you guys got tasked with ending Star Trek, but you know yeah. it's no biggie. It was nice. I I think when I saw it today, actually, I was struck by how short it was. It's just like boom, like it just yeah. It was Enterprise D original Enterprise NX01, and it's done and it's over. And I think that just made me really sad because I still know that Trek is still not on TV, and it belongs on TV. And that was literally the last time, and it's been ten years. And just seeing that just is sad because. You just see it's a clear callback. The lineage is there, and it's it's nice. It acts as kind of a very uh, poignant bookend. But at the same time, it's like, wow, that is it. Like, we are done. And we are still done for the foreseeable future. I don't see track coming back. Hopefully it does. But I think a lot of fans, when they saw that, it was like, great. We're, we're, it, they're, they're calling back to this lineage. They're calling back to this legacy. But then it ends very suddenly, and you're just left with, like, I guess that's it. Yeah, it would, not only was it, you know, just very short, but yeah, as I was watching it, and then all of a sudden, it like, the music goes down, and then the credits roll, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, that's done. Oh, that's, oh, okay. <laughs> but I guess I'll would, watch would, First Contact. Oh, I can't. Thanks, Netflix. Sorry, I had to work this in. <laughs> What do you think, Daniel, of the end of Enterprise slash all of Trek? Ever. 
ever. And do you, and do you want the um, JJ Enterprise to be CGI'd into there? <laughs> well, okay. Do I'll, I'll, I'll actually, say another point after you guys go. Finish this is this is heresy, but I do like the 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 JJ Prize design better than the than the N, the one seven hundred one. But that's I know that's an unpopular opinion. Uh, but no, no, no. I've, I wouldn't want a CGI in there. It wouldn't make sense unless you put Chris Pine's voice over William Shatner's, which I don't want that either. So, <laughs> anyways. To answer the question. How can we make um, these are the voyages more universally bought? <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question, um, listen, listen, you know, here on the show, we can we cannot stop referencing and love, love, love the last scene of, of all good things. It's such a good scene. It's so powerful. And it's it's amazing for a lot of different reasons. Um, but one of the reasons what what really helps it a lot is that that episode is so strong and so amazing. And while I think that they colossally blundered this episode, if this ending was attached to something of all good things caliber, it would have been a fitting end. It would have made sense. It would have worked. And it really would have really been emotional. It's tough. It's tough when you are disappointed the whole lot. Like when you get to this point and you're like, okay, this is the end. It's you're tough. looking at the clock, and there's like five minutes left yeah. in the hour, and you're like, okay. It's, it's tough. It's real hard. It's a tough pill to swallow. But I think if this this scene was attached to something else, this would have been a beautiful bookend. Because this is showing the history of Trek. I mean, no offense, Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I mean, you know what I mean? Obviously. Obviously, it's including that. Yeah. And it's 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 showing like, hey, guys – this is what you love and we have to go for now but you know it's 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 optimistic it's beautiful and we get the sense of the history and of the current and you know the timelines all mixed up obviously because that's just how it worked but it was i just i think this scene couldn't be stronger it just needed to be attached to a better episode if here's i guess the, the the best way to put it is if Enterprise lasted for seven seasons, they still should have ended with that that scene, no matter what. It doesn't matter what it was. Att- they, they, that's where it mm. needed to end. I think that was a perfect way of honoring the legacy of Star Trek. I would have actually enjoyed it if they had. I mean, I get how it was, you know, transitioning from the Pegasus shot to Kirk to, you know. But I, I would have even liked it if they had found a way to have it start with. Uh, you know, start with start with the Enterprise, you know, because it's the ending Enterprise. Like, I uh, sorry, with the NX01 <laughs> Enterprise. I wasn't nearly specific <laughs> enough in that description. <laughs> Do you mean the J? Because that's a really unusual choice, <laughs> no, Darren. Gosh, but I mean, no, I can see gosh. it. Um, so, no, but start with you know the NX01, and then go to Kirk, and then show the D, and then you know have K Mogru come and record a line. You know, and then have, you know, uh, you know, build up a CG, you know, DS9 and have Avery Brooks say something and then circle back to Enterprise for that last final shot. I mean, yes, it wouldn't have made like complete sense, (laughs) but I wouldn't have cared. It would have been awesome. Like I would have just if they're going to close all of Trek, like include all of Trek. I mean, I can see why they didn't. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, I. I wouldn't have cared if they had <laughs> shoved, you know, 
the, the Enterprise B in there. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> well, like, this was, this. if I had been in the writer's room and they're like, okay, you guys, we got this great idea. We're going to do this. I would have been like, okay, if we make Enterprise last, you're going to make him say man, aren't you? Because yeah. you really shouldn't. I mean, like, is it the biggest <laughs> point in the world? No. But if you have the choice, you go with one, yeah. not if, mad. If, yeah. If we're talking about those types of nitpicks, too, I think you guys, I think one of you mentioned on the before we started was the weird kiss that Riker gave <laughs> to Paul, which is really creepy. The fact that the one time that Hoshi is talking to the chef, of course, the chef asks Hoshi if she thinks Trip is cute, because of course, that's yeah. what you always ask a woman, right? It's just one of those things where, like, of course, they would have to, like, go to that lowest common denominator of, like, things that are predictable. And yeah, you're right. At the very end, like, man, as opposed to one, it's like those things where you pick up on, but it's almost like, is it insignificant enough not to care? Yes. But at the same time, it is important because it's this cumulative franchise that should be able to, at this point, be aware of these things. And go forward. It, it, knows, it knows better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Up Shrek. Oh, timelines. We don't have time to talk about the time. <laughs> um, what did you think, though, Philip? Um, I, I, did you get no, to say was, about was, that, right. the ending? Um, yeah, that was my only... My okay, <laughs> so moving on to our final... T- oh, no. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I don't really have anything else to add other than... Yeah, so it was the history of the Enterprises, but I, I mean, I do love if we, if you know, if this truly was, as they sold it to us, um, a Valentine to Trek, you need to include everyone, not just the Enterprise or the three Enterprises. Um, yeah, I mean, Art, you know, uh, Cisco, um, like just playing a, a couple keys on the piano. That's all I asked for. And then, uh, well, Jay or, Frank, you know, what if instead of, um, what if instead of the, you know, these are the voyages. Uh, which I know is like the name of the episode, but what if they had done like a really nice um, piano instrumental? It's been a long road, you know. <laughs> no, wait, hey, hear me out. Hear me you out. You asked for it, fans. You know, okay, there's no words. Okay, are you happy? <laughs> and then you know maybe they do you know some sort of cool like mashup of a lot of the different intros of the shows, and but you eventually center in on Deep Space Nine, and you just have all these ships there. Because I mean, well, it's it's not. Wait, wait, is there a wedding but you, going on? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you have Kirk's ship, and I don't know. I mean, but or even like I said, just some sort of mashup of you know the comet from the opening of DS Nine to the uh, you know the the ring planet on Voyager. I mean, there's just there's all there's such great imagery in Star Trek, and they did a good job. I'm not again not complaining with what we got, but I definitely agree with you, Philip. You know, if you're if this is going to put the bow on Star Trek ending, not just Enterprise ending, it would have been nice to include the other two series, even though they didn't have Enterprises. And in. also, I, I like to imagine that our network illustrator, Aaron Harvey, always listens to an episode <laughs> hoping like maybe this will be the one where they don't make me do something. Hey, you know what would be a great idea of an illustration? <laughs> the things we just said. I wish someone would really do that. No, when he needs a warm-up sketch, he's just sitting there listening to the show, and he's like, oh, yeah, there we go. It, it it actually would not have been that hard to do, honestly. Like, if, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, the, the Picard, uh, he gets the most lines of that of that dialogue. Or just because The monologue, you know. I should say monologue. And um, so all you have to do is, for the last five, ten seconds, you show the Enterprise showing up at Deep Space Nine with Voyager there. Because that's yeah. already happened. That's established canon. That's fine. 
you you can still include those. We already have a shot of the Voyager ad to DS9. It's in the database. Just pull it out. We have to Blu-ray that off, and I don't know if that's allowed. Uh. I mean, mean, really, it's – and this is where we – We've talked about this before, being canon locked, where it's so hard. You can't please Star Trek fans. You cannot. No. There's no way you yeah. could include every series. Like, you couldn't include Voyager with the with the Starship Enterprise monologue over it. It wouldn't make sense. And we would complain about it. We'd be like, wait a minute. Uh, Captain Sisko wasn't on the Enterprise. Right. He's not going on voyages. He's not exploring anything. It's right. like, that's not what his mission is. So... It wouldn't make sense to include him on that piece of monologue. So, like, I un- I get the writers, like, I understand their decision, and I don't envy them. Do we that- understand their decision? Do you? No, no, no. I'm, as far as the <laughs> – we're talking the final scene here. I'm talking the final scene. Well, can't oh, yeah. you create okay. a new inclusive Trek dialogue if this is the last time it's ever going to be on? You could, but it wouldn't have any impact. It would have no impact. If well, it was no, it'd brand be the new same dialogue, thing. It'd be like, these are continuing missions of, in, I don't know, all you have to do is change Star one word. Yeah, I guess you There's could. There's copy yeah, in that nebula. <laughs> we just start <laughs> cramming in lines from all the other Instead shows. of Enterprise, just there little, is, you know, Cisco music, you know, and then... Just, there is coffee in that nebula, and it is a fake! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Cisco's all like, it's real! It's in here! It's real! <laughs> well, one thing, and I, and I know we're... we're you're, you want me to stop talking? But, like, I, with the uh, All Good Things, which I, we've said before, at least I've said, but I think you all agree, um, that with the Enterprise D going into the sunset and people are all like well you haven't wrapped anything up it's like well we don't have to because we have movies not to you know insult everyone um but like i think in some ways you don't need that with enterprise because one thing i was hoping was you know they have that little discussion like gee where are you going what's your next ship like you can wrap those stories up like you can have like oh i want to go be the science officer or the first you know whatever you know promote people you can end this stuff you know a little more definite than just like i don't know what we're gonna do saying see season eight shot should have been the Enterprise NX-01 pulling into the mothball fleet, and then they're like pulling it apart and like scrubbing it down. It's not like there's possibilities, they just said. <laughs> uh, because this goes back to what we are talking about. If the episode was longer, right, all the other finales wrapped up the characters' arcs in a way that was satisfying. And this one was just kind of like, they're the exact same. Nothing has changed, really. They she have changed her haircut. They you need to be fair. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And they have name, name tags, tags, but the ranks are the name same. There's, there's nothing, right? And, and you know, that's what was so great about all good things, right? You, Jordy went off, did his own thing. Data became professor. Picard married Beverly. There was just there was there was change, and here there was none. Although it was alluded to, but it was just kind of like, that's mm, not really. But you guys didn't. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but Larry. Did we talk about the? I was totally, you know, waiting to see that last scene in the um, in the arena where Larry is actually sitting behind. <laughs> he's sitting behind a couple rows. Manny Cotto is in an admiral's uniform, sitting right behind Malcolm. I think those that was really cool. I think Doug Drexler is also there, but I didn't see him. But it was really cool. There was also a lot of people who were crew members of the Pegasus when he was looking. Mm-hmm. Well, I was wondering the, who those uh, people were. The dead like, crewmates. Oh yeah. yeah, Ron Moore was the first. Ron one Moore was in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be funny if they'd put uh, Iron Stephen Barry. He's got his blue. Uh, <laughs> he was an alien, I'm sure, in his native look. I will, you know, I will say, talking about the Annex of One, that, that, that it essentially goes to mothballs. Although I do like the, the notion that they were talking about when, when Riker's like, hey, did you 
do you ever go to the NXO one as you know as a museum ship? And she's like, ah, they're all the same. I don't pay the Phoenix, the NXO one. Why ah. go there when you have a holodeck, Riker? <laughs> Come on. I do want to say that this idea that the that the NXO one goes to mothballs essentially uh, fourteen years after uh, after commission. Is uh, not a policy that Starfleet sticks with that for is very the long. Longest serving enterprise ever. <laughs> because, because, well, it might be the longest serving enterprise, but as we know, the Excelsior class gets service for at least a hundred years. So uh, you well, know, I can't. I'm really surprised that's because the war- the warp seven engines don't fit into. <laughs> Like the nacelles are totally Daniel. You should know. If this. only there was, if only there was a well, way to like refit or remake <laughs> a ship. Uh, like you'd have well, to put like whatever. a whole well, other section was... in there, Daniel. Do you know what that would involve? <laughs> well, and they talk about how <laughs> montage. But there's no engineer now, Will. There's no engineer. <laughs> That would involve a twenty-minute montage of just seeing that being. Put it's like he's on, stealing it, and like the lights and turn then, on slowly. He's got a skeleton crew. Uh, well, they'll bring back Trip, and they'll promote Archer to Admiral, and he's taking back the ship. He's like, "I'm taking back the ship. I'm taking back the ship." Enter- Enterprise <laughs> season five: The Search for Trip. Oh, it's a mini series. Well, they talk about you know. I'm sure there'll be a new Enterprise soon. No, not really. This, you know, it's 2161 when they go to the Mothball fleet. Kirk's Enterprise, which, you know, I'm talking Pike era, wasn't launched till 2245. No, Darren, That's... we never knew about the NX-01. There could be 80 Enterprises we've never known about. They're just making it up and now. Hang on, hang it's on. Right. But it's let's like be fair. It's, investigation it's, it's guys during the fourth Zindi so War, because that was totally <laughs> happened. You know, so. Let's be fair. If he wanted to, Trip could have, and maybe did, have Apple opportunity to um, give his Katra to to Paul. Um, I don't know. It's very different than the uh, McCoy. I don't think it works that way. I don't think a human can give its Katra to a Vulcan. This is how weird to Paul is, because it's the exact mere opposite of Triker. Because, like, you know, Triker and them just, like, throw each other, whatever. But, like, to Paul is, like, do you miss me? Nah, I don't even miss you. Like, whatever. I'm like, what the Is this, like, some kind of, like, vampire diaries? high school. Here, <laughs> it would have been really, uh, really funny to see T'Pol have like all of a sudden just a southern drawl <laughs> comes out, like eating catfish oh, yeah, with her hands, you. catfish you know? with her hands. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Any any final thoughts on this? I guess you could call it episode. I guess you could call it a finale. <laughs> what do you? Uh, <laughs> I call it Riker's uh, Audit Program Four Seven. You know, computer, just end, end the pro. Just turn it off. Shut it off. Turn this bloody simulation <laughs> off. <laughs> Tell but, us how um, you really feel, Darren. Uh, well, you know, technically, when you know uh, when Scotty asked for the Enterprise, you know, he asked for no A, B, C, or D. Well, technically, NX01 doesn't have an A, B, C, or D. So that would have been he, funny. Yeah, if that well, had I think up. this computer, in in its nerd defense, did say uh, Federation. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, well. Excuse, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> check <laughs> memory alpha states. <laughs> well, Larry Nemechek's companion state. Oh, just because he was sitting in the you know in the crowd so wait, wait, watching the make, Federation charter get. Does signed. that make Larry? 
So does that make that makes Larry Nemechek canon? He's on screen because it's real. <laughs> he was now, sitting in Larry the crowd in, in I'm talk about Avery that. Brooks's suit in right. War and Far Beyond the Stars. Wait, are we doing closing thoughts? No, I, I don't even know anymore. Uh, much like this episode, uh, we're we're spiraling yeah. out of control. <laughs> oh, wait, final thoughts, Daniel. Yeah, it, this is an episode. I, I don't get it. Final thoughts. <laughs> That's it. Close it up, gentlemen. We're done. This is an episode. <laughs> One of 700X. It's like we all say part of it. You're like, this was an episode. And then Philip goes, it was 45 minutes long. <laughs> Will says, it was about Enterprise. It I is say, included also in the DVD TNG. set. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is an episode that I don't, like, I mean... I get the frustration. I get it. But, like, this this quote-unquote stricken from canon, like, vitriol, instant hatred. Like, it's not a great episode. It's, like, look, it's not even the worst Trek finale. The TOS had Turnabout Intruder as their <laughs> final episode. It's not even the worst Trek finale. Like, I, I just, it's it's poorly done. I'm not going to defend it to the core I'm, I'm there are some good ideas and i know where they were going and it just didn't work and as a star trek fan i'll say the same thing that every that everybody will now hear say which is that this was not about enterprise and it should have been about enterprise but to, to like the hate the level of like the episode that shall not be named like <laughs> while while it's a funny meme I totally just there's a there are I can think of ten worse TNG episodes. Time I can squared. think of ten worse the long ladder. Enterprise Asks, episodes. Sub Rosa. Like, the, it's the, not even it's, we have an episode that we can't even name and that's that one. It's yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not even talking Sub Rosa. It's, it's not even on the bottom of the ten worst Enterprise episodes to me, and maybe your list is different. But you know what? Part of TNG, since we're doing you know, we're Earl Grey, we have uh uh Guys, help me out. Why can't I never think of any, uh, episode names? The racist one that no, I mentioned earlier. No, we're not even going to say the name. We know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Code of Honor. Code of Honor, yeah. Code of Honor. We <laughs> have Next time Code I trick of him, top we, and, bottom ten episodes. <laughs> we have Code of Honor. And it's not like we mention Code of Honor in this way of like, oh, it's, we'll never talk about it and we'll never address it and we, we'll pretend it didn't happen. We'll retcon it in novels and, and comics going forward. We don't do that. It, it was an episode that happened. And we talk about it, and we th- and we say these are the problems with it, and but that's part of Star Trek. <laughs> is that the name of the episode? These are the problems. <laughs> I'm trying to get through my final thoughts, Philip. <laughs> yep, these are the problems. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> you know, and it's just I just I again I'm not here to defend the episode. I just I get sick of the like instant dismissal of this episode as an episode. I just I, I don't understand that. It it wasn't effective. It didn't work. It had massive issues. But it's it is the last Star Trek episode we get. So let's let's deal with it. Let's let's accept it. And then, you know, hopefully the next time Star Trek shows up on TV, maybe we can fix it. So, you know, maybe in the next series we can we can bring Trip back and fix these issues. Uh he might get pregnant again, but who who knows. <laughs> Oh, you're making me really, really jealous with that NX-01 model there, Philip. <laughs> uh, what was your final thoughts on this? Uh, on these other problems? Um, I, I, two, two last notes. Um, one, I, I never really thought as much 
about how uh, Archer's um, uh, polo ball is like Cisco's baseball. Um, of course, you can actually <laughs> throw and hit it people with it. Um, I was like, oh, please don't hit Trip with it. Um, Ten years, never been deflated. <laughs> and then I also thought about, like, it, it to me it was a little weird, because I haven't watched Enterprise in a while, and especially when you say Ten Years in the Future, um, where you have, like, Archer, like, snapping it to Paul midway through the episode. It's like, well, you you you're, you don't understand Andorians. At least I understand Vulcans. I'm like, whoa, I mean, like, is this how you're going to end this relationship? It seems a little, <laughs> you know, harsh. But anyway, um... So, I don't know. There were a lot of weird things, which, I, I mean, let me say up front. I'm not the biggest Enterprise fan. Um, but but nevertheless, um, I, I did enjoy a lot of portions. Like, it, and it's hard for me when I'm sitting down watching this, especially since, you know, Earl Grey, TNG show. Like, am I watching this as a TNG episode or an Enterprise episode? Because if I watch it as a TNG episode, there's a lot of things I like. If I watch it as an Enterprise episode, there's things I don't like that I feel are disservice at all the things we've already mentioned. So... I mean, it, like, like I would say, I agree with Daniel. This isn't the worst episode of Star Trek. It's not the worst of Enterprise, episode of Enterprise by by any means. I just obviously, if it's going to be the finale, there's going to be a lot of disappointment with what they did and didn't do, and and also just Trip's death just doesn't make zero sense. Rand, like, just doesn't make sense. Literally, doesn't make sense as a story. Doesn't make doesn't make sense at all. And nothing that happens about it makes sense. He acts weird, and the pirates come from like nowhere in the middle of a warp. Just hi, how you doing? Um, and it's just stupid, really. I mean, if I can be that succinct. So, so I give it eight stars. Oh wait, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of twenty-five, uh, I give it ten thumbs up. My worst rating ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Will, what did you think of this uh, this end to your beloved series? Well, it is a terrific TNG episode. <laughs> Probably. Along, probably on par with Darmok, uh, best of both worlds. All right, let's not get ridiculous. Here. Yeah, let's not, let's not get out of hand. It's really so good. I mean, the guys, he's starting to go into shock. I mean, yeah. it's just, um, I mean, you guys pretty much have said it. I think, I, I think I was very harsh on this episode when I first saw it for a very long time. I was very much the same way. Just like, oh, this is awful, awful, awful. I think having rediscovered it now. And Philip is showing me the base for his NX-01 ship. <laughs> Philip, um, can I come over and play? You just have all these cool toys. <laughs> I'm very jealous. Um, I don't have an NX-01 ship. Um, I think time, like like everything, heals all wounds. I think this is something that is definitely not as worse, not as bad as people make it out to be. Almost in the same way that I feel like Nemesis isn't as bad as uh, people on, make it on. out to be. Uh, yes. So I've actually come to reconsider Nemesis in the same way that I've come to reconsider These Are the Voyages. It's There are elements there that could have worked, but the way it was applied was just so lacking. And I think because it's the last, the last of the TNG movies, the last of Star Trek on TV, there was such a crestfallen feeling like this is it. And they had to cram everything in there. But the, if you think, if I was to be honest about it, are there elements of this story that could have made a great episode? Not a serious finale, but just a great fun romp, just like the Mirror uh, Universe episode. We're like, hey, let's just have the holodeck be uh, a vehicle for them to tell a story. That could have been great, but I think the fact that it was so crammed in as the series finale in 45 minutes, it just didn't do service to everything they needed to do. And it was definitely what we got was you know, less than the sum of its parts. But is it the worst? I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's I think because it's the end, it has a lot more 
added um, vitriol uh, directed towards it. But um, if I had to give a final rating, I would give it two out of five um, whatever boxes that Shran is containing <laughs> his like fake <laughs> gemstone thing that blinks uh, at the event. I'll give it two of those, two out of five boxes, when previously it was probably like one out of five. So I think time has given it an additional star. <laughs> You know, and real quick, real just as as an aside, um, on the Babel conference recently this weekend, I, th- I think it was as of this recording, um, they were talking. Somebody was talking about how the end of Voyager, you know, you know, the end of the world would come with with not with a bang, but with a whimper, and basically how Kate Mulgrew was on set and yeah, it was um, you know, kind of pe- people were pulling down pieces of the set as she was recording the last. The, the end of Endgame and it, how far Trek had kind of fallen, come or wherever you want to say, um, between the, what presumably would have been the fanfare and celebration of all good things, and I imagine it would even been like it, it's even worse for this episode. Like, not only did, did, did probably the studio didn't care at this point, but uh, they only gave it forty five minutes. That, and that's it. Like it was, there was no like, oh, this is the end of tra-. like the writers obviously wanted to make something of it, but maybe they just didn't have the resources. I don't know. Yeah. Well, overall, I'd say this episode is wacky doodle. <laughs> but yeah, but I think we pretty much said uh, all there is to say on on these other voyages. It's could have been much more. It deserved much more, but in the end. It's uh, time to end the program. But These Other Voyages is not the only thing we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. Here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. So now we're going to have to spend like a half an hour talking about these Star Trek comics when I could be reading Star Wars comics. Yes. I hope the listeners appreciate the (laughs) sacrifices that we're making to bring this moderately entertaining podcast to them. Earl Grey. We divide the ship into one of two ways. Port goes to port. <laughs> I better not see any starboard guys on the starboard phaser target practice. You guys know which side of the ship you're on. The Orb. Also, the original title of this episode was A Matter of Breeding, which when we talk about things feeling TNG-ish, that could have been a Riker episode. <laughs> <laughs> The Ready Room. It's about people and feelings and emotions. It's about philosophy. It's about the future. It's about hope. It's about glory. It's about intellectual promise. That's what Axnar is about. It is not a story about pew, pew, pew. I promise you that. To the journey! Well, you telling me that I need to make love to this alien woman or she's going to die? Well, <laughs> for king and country, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, only on Star Trek. Warp 5. I remember watching Broken Bow when Enterprise first debuted when I was in high school. And I remember revisiting it now in full. And I had forgotten the fact that Future Guy had actually played an integral role from the get-go with Silic and the Sulaban, which we'll talk about later in the show. Commentary, Trek stars. But you would never pick up on that based on the way that it plays out, aside from the fact that they explicitly tell you in the dialogue, you know? The 602 Club. The prequels are the most autobiographical uh, works that Lucas has done. Because if you follow Anakin's arc, 
He comes onto the scene. Nobody's seeing him coming. And then he's a wonderkind, but he doesn't know what to do with it. And he's overwhelmed and feels a bit trapped. Literary Treks. Deep Space Nine, among all the Star Trek series, is the one that really, over time, and I'm talking about now on the television series, not just in the books, changed the most. Axonar, the official podcast. It is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time, and there's a certain amount of charm still to that. But it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back, in my opinion. Women at Warp. My absolute favorite thing about this episode is that this is a love potion only if it's between a man and a woman. They make it explicitly clear that if you touch two men or two women, they just become really good friends. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trek.fm today. So Daniel, if someone wants to talk to you about holographic technology in the 22nd century, where would they find you? Uh, they would find me on Twitter, uh, and my handle there is one up Dan. That's the number one, not the word. And Philip, if someone wanted to talk to you about your love of models, ship and bottles, sometimes some people would say, where would they find? I mean, you? that's how I got where I am today by sucking up to the boss with ship and bottles. Uh, <laughs> they can find me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. That's NC for not really canon. For no closure. <laughs> oh, okay. And Will, where can someone find you if they want to talk about your favorite episodes, you know, just to brighten the mood? 
Uh, they can find me every week on Warp 5, which is our dedicated enterprise podcast. I'm co-host with Norm, Norm Lau. And um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at Will underscore Win. It's spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N. That's right. We love our boomer friends over on Warp 5 on the Trek FM network. It's good, good discussion every week about uh, a great, great show. Yeah, I remember in my recent rewatch, uh, really just diving through all of it on Netflix, and I really enjoyed it. Just saw it way more in in a much more concise pattern than when I first saw it uh, live broadcast in in the aughts. But uh, but yeah, but if someone wants to talk to me about Enterprise and Pegasus and you know what other Trek episodes we can you know shoehorn in here they can find me on twitter under username dr sci-fi that's d-r-s-c-i-f-i well guys i think i'm gonna do what daniel did and go watch pegasus now and just see how much they uh connected this episode flawlessly with something that came about 10 years earlier live long and prosper make it so engage and program fire 